Welcome to Paid Media Coffee. I'm your host, Kelly Mancuso, and today we're continuing the conversation of the convergence of traditional and digital media and focusing in on how social media has played a pivotal role in that transition. I'd like to welcome my guests. First, we have Amanda Oliver. She's our director of social media here at Nebo. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. We also have Malia Millman. She is a paid social specialist at Nebo. Happy to be here. And also welcome back, Haley Stoffer. She's a paid media manager at Nebo. Yeah, I'm excited okay. to be here again. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Um, social media. You know, when we think about this uh, shift from traditional marketing to digital, social obviously plays a really big role in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the first Facebook ad that was promoted back in 2006, I, uh, I remember when <laughs> ads started on Facebook <laughs> back in the day, to the emergence of other platforms and, and um, ads within them as well, like YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Snapchat. Etc. What are some of the ways that you guys think that social media has really changed marketing in general? I think the biggest change is the way we target people specifically based off of their unique personalities and likes and interests. Facebook was one of the first places that people really expressed who they are and, and talked about things that you couldn't really get from any other kind of medium before. Mm-hmm. So um, it was kind of the pioneer in terms of really targeting people for their uniqueness. Yeah, and from a very high level, I feel like social media advertising has really blurred the lines between what is advertising Mm -hmm. and what is just a part of your everyday life. Um, So when I first joined Facebook, um, there was no advertising. It was simply Mm -hmm. just a social media platform. And so really when I opted into liking pages and then started seeing content from those pages, I never really thought about it as advertising. I really always thought about it as opting in Mm -hmm. and it's content that I want to see that I'm subscribing to. And then as advertising was introduced, it really just felt like it was so natural Mm -hmm. because I was being served ads of things that relate to me in my life. And so it's just as a whole blurred the lines. What is an ad and what is just part of your feed? Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I got a Facebook in 2007 with all my other friends in seventh grade and we were all like, oh yeah, let's get Facebook. (laughs) I don't even think it came up to me that, you know, there are ads on there. I don't think it really hit me until I was, I think, later in high school or almost going into college when I was actually taking a class about it. Mm -hmm. And there were so many different things that I didn't notice. Like, just by seeing sponsored, like, my brain just wasn't clicking it together Mm because I wasn't looking for it. Kind of the same as Amanda being like, okay, I like these brands. I want to follow them and see what Nike's doing today. I want to see what this other brand's doing today. Not necessarily thinking they're putting those products in front of me and trying to be like, hey, come buy it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to show my support for a brand, but I didn't really click all those things together, which is absolutely hilarious because that's what I do every day now. Um, But uh, yeah, it's like my job now. um, It's like subliminal messaging and and influencing you on on what your career path was going to be. I guess so, (laughs) man. It's been in my life too long now. Kind of to follow up with that, we were kind of introduced to it and like we didn't really realize it, but now we expect brands to be on social. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like we expect that two-way communication between a brand mm-hmm. and the customer. And, and I think that's also changed marketing in terms of customer service. You can reach out to brands through social media so easily now and communicate, mm-hmm. this is what's wrong. My Even like say like my order was wrong or I don't like that you're doing this and brands can communicate back to you so much easier mm-hmm. instead of through traditional, which was just a mass communication, it can be much more personalized. Yeah, it really is a two-way conversation. 
And it's a lot more interactive yeah. in that same way. You're not just being served a television ad or a radio ad where you have no interaction. Like you're able to engage with it, mm-hmm. comment exactly. on it, share it, message them. Right. So you're a part of the story. Yeah, to further your point, Haley, I, I literally got a product in the mail and my it was a phone case and it was kind of like chipped a little bit. And all I did was DM them on Instagram. They're like, oh, cool, just send me a picture back and we'll go out and send you another one. Just tell us mm-hmm. your order number. And they said, keep the other product since it's like defective. That's fine. And literally, I handled a whole transaction and literally didn't even have to go to their site and just did it all through IG DMs. And then also I tweet at brands sometimes when something's like wrong. Yep. And then they'll tweet back at me. Like I tweeted at um, MoviePass when it was still a thing because I couldn't get my uh, MoviePass to work. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. Uh, send us a picture of your uh, receipt for the movie and we will send you a gift card for that amount. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I handle my customer service, at least now for myself, is I just go to social media. And to bring yeah. it back to marketing, in a sense, it's like you expect or you look at brands that have yeah. good customer service. Mm-hmm. Like MoviePass, that was a great example. I'm trying to think of other brands like off the top of my head that have just extremely good customer. Oh, FabFitFun, mm-hmm. great customer Delta's service. Delta's great about it, too. Like if you're tweeting things about like a bad flight yeah. and they're like trying to be like, okay, that was a bad customer service experience. You know, let's, let's get this handled. Exactly. And that's what a part of their marketing now is that we're, we're going to think about you past the purchase mm-hmm. um, and have you be a continued customer. Yeah, and it needs to be quick because we expect it. You know, you reach out to them, you're not uh, satisfied if you don't get an immediate response. And that's mm-hmm. why I think Twitter is a really good way of communicating with brands and, you know, letting them know if something is going wrong. Bringing it back to targeting people, uh, which has really opened the doors from traditional to digital and social media has played such a big part. Um, Analytics has been such a big change that we've had coming from social, being able to track people's first click, second click, all the way down to the purchase. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, social media has just been such a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's constantly evolving. I know that uh, we're able to pixel different things and 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 all the other ways that we've made direct response like a brand new thing because like billboards used to be like the main form of direct response they still kind of are even though you it's not measurable uh it's really not trackable but now with all these other pieces of social it's just really redirected everything on what we call direct response and actually makes it trackable and measurable i mean with all those pixel placements you're talking like literally we could go on for days the amount of things we can do to make things more measurable but it's really crazy how it's redefined it. Yeah, and, and not only just measuring action and engagement, but also um, the data that we can look at to see what the people that follow us as a brand uh, are also interested in, and that can help like tailor your strategies and understand you know who you're reaching and, and who the people that want to engage with you more are doing and what else they like. And also seeing how they engage with you from platform to platform. Yep. Because they act completely different. You want to see different things on uh, different uh, social media platforms. So like LinkedIn versus completely different. Exactly. It's like what you're doing in the world uh, to help and, you know, how you're being uh, eco-friendly. Like when um, Patagonia released something on uh, LinkedIn about them donating back like all their tax cuts Mm -hmm. um, to a bunch of different uh, eco-friendly companies and other things as well and to help with forest fires, everything, right? So they did that on LinkedIn, but then they're over here on Facebook having their ads uh, mm-hmm. running for their products. So it's a completely different feel of what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, for sure. 
So let's uh, shift the conversation to advertising and um, how social media has uh, had an impact on traditional and digital advertising. Um, and then also vice versa, how has advertising impacted social media? Um, kind of tying in with what Malia and Haley were just talking about, it's really kind of set the bar for analytics. Mm-hmm. So in the past, we pretty much were only measuring with traditional media buys, potential impressions, Mm -hmm. and it was just so direct response driven. And now with social media, absolutely everything can be tracked. Like we know the ROI on each campaign we have running and Mm -hmm. we can deliver to the brands and clients that we work with, you know, an exact analysis of what's working, what's not. And it's really set the bar and kind of challenged some of those more traditional, um, media placements? Uh, How do you adapt and show your worth the same way that social advertising is able to? Mm -hmm. I do think that traditional has incorporated social media a lot more over the years. I know watching a certain show or even an advertisement or commercial, it'll have kind of a hashtag or something to play along. And we're also using a lot of user-generated content in traditional verticals. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really good to see that traditional is trying to incorporate social and not compete with it as much. Yeah, like more often we're seeing uh, ads where social is the destination, you know, where right. where brands are trying to push engagement on their social channels rather than, you know, driving people to their website or to their store or something. It's, you know, social is the goal. Yeah, it's exactly that. And like one of the biggest spectacles of traditional marketing, like at least in my opinion, comes with the Super Bowl. Right, so you've got all these things leading up to the Super Bowl. They would do, pretty much all companies used to just be like, okay, we're gonna have our Super Bowl commercial and that is it. Now they're doing things and they're having traditional ads running before, like Doritos Mm -hmm. did that one year and they had all these different versions. And additionally, a lot of companies now are putting out teaser trailers on their social media and then it comes out on the actual Super Bowl and then vice versa, the end of the story comes out after the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. on their social media site, right? And additionally, people are releasing their full commercials on YouTube way before they even air. So a lot of the allure of the Super Bowl uh, commercial watch Mm -hmm. has kind of like gone down in a certain sense because they're already releasing them before. Mm Because I know like all these people are cutting cores and not really watching as much. So I think it's crazy how much it's impacted that one large spectacle alone. Yeah. To go back, Amanda, to your point about analytics, um, that triggered a thought in me thinking about... uh, like conversation measurement as well. So I know um, something that we've done with some of our clients when we've launched a really big campaign is turn to social channels and measure, you know, whether people are are talking about brand, see if there's some kind of uplift in conversation. Yeah, Yeah. increase in sentiment to see if our ad campaigns that are on other channels potentially have had an impact in, in brand awareness and conversation. And that's really amazing that we have you know, that a place where we can turn to and and look at that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that you can start on traditional with a commercial. Malia and I were actually just talking about this with that Nike commercial Mm -hmm. that came out earlier this past year um, with Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really portrayed as much on social or perhaps it was, but it was really big uh, TV spot. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see the sentiment that played out on social media um, that you can actually measure. So it's cool seeing how a traditional vertical and social media are all coming together Mm -hmm. and being able to use social media as an analytics to track how people are actually feeling about the ad. 
And craziest thing about that one in particular is, I mean, the amount of UGC and like user generated content that was put out after that because people had so many different feelings. It was like when LeBron left Cleveland and people were burning their Nike gear, mm -hmm. saying they're not going to support Nike because it, putting Colin Kaepernick on uh, that commercial and saying what they're going to say. But the whole byline of that entire uh, promotion was willing to risk it all, right? So put it on the line to risk it all. And that's exactly what he did, and that's what, exactly what Nike did in that fact. And it really paid out for them in dividends because though I'm seeing my friend's parents being like, I'm never going to buy from Nike again, all my friends and I are like, that's awesome that they're supporting this. And literally their stock went up. Like literally like a Nike check, as Kelly and I were talking about earlier, <laughs> yeah. it just went straight up. It's just really amazing to see all the different sentiments people have, whether it's positive or negative. Right. And though there was so much negative surrounding it, it came out totally okay with their sales and increased them and actually mm -hmm. increased their overall brand advocacy as well. So mm -hmm. I think it worked for them. Definitely. Yeah, so as marketers, you know, obviously there are a ton of different channels where we can um, focus our effort and focus our ad budgets as well, um, not just in social media, but beyond that traditionally and digitally as well. You know, we've got TV, print, search, uh, social, you know, how do we decide where to put our budgets and um, as social popularity and usage increases, do you think that it's going to take away budgets from other traditional and digital channels? I think it will at some point, but the issue is a lot of clients in particular, it's one of the ones that we have, they don't have a CRM system that links, okay, did it come from Google? Did it come from Microsoft ads, aka being whatever we want to call it? Mm -hmm. Did it come from social, right? So it's really hard to identify how those budgets are going to shift if we can't track in a CRM system mm -hmm. the quality of a lead coming from somewhere. But once that gap kind of starts to go away, I think it will definitely start to shift a little bit more for sure. But it also depends upon all the things coming along with GDPR and anything and everything in that regard. And people are opting out of sharing data. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm really interested to see where it's going to be in about six months too. I mean, five years from now, it's going to be insane, but yeah. six months from now, it's still going to be crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it's already happening like in the political arena mm -hmm. with marketing. Um, I, I believe it was Barack Obama's campaign. He was one of the first candidates who really like took a big stance on social mm -hmm. and built a large following on social. And in the most recent uh, U.S. political election, I mean, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, mm -hmm. um, the fact is that towards the end of the campaign, um, over a million dollars was being spent per day on Facebook wow. on like highly targeted mm -hmm. um, advertisements focused on very specific people, and it worked. Mm -hmm. So um, it just shows you kind of the power of shifting those dollars to something that's able to target really specific people in really specific locations with specific kind of beliefs and thoughts mm -hmm. and the power behind that. And now, of course, it's our job to take a step back and say, you is know, this is ethical? that ethical? Exactly. But, yeah. And uh, obviously, Facebook's already doing some things mm -hmm. to kind of limit that for all advertisers, but even more so for certain types of advertisers. Yeah, for HEC going into the, uh, oh my goodness, so you got employment, housing, and credit. Man, that was a really fun switch. You can't target anything by age, can't target by gender, can't exclude locations, you can't do zip codes. There's just so many things that they're restricting you from now. And mm -hmm. I mean, our performance dipped for a good bit, but now it's like coming back up. But I, I get why they're doing that. But the thing is, kind of furthering something to what Amanda was saying, I mean, you're pretty much liking what you like, right? So you're putting yourself on a certain side of the aisle. So 
people are choosing that on social. And so with the targeting aspects that we have, you are only liking what you like, right? Most people don't like something that they dislike. I mean, I personally like a bunch of different news sources, so I get all sides of the story. Um, no matter what it is, or for example, like I'm a big Nike fan, but I still also like Adidas on things because I want to see everything. But people, what it does is it puts you in so, so much of a further smaller sect and you're in such a smaller group of like, you're only staying in your niche and taking your opinions. Mm -hmm. So when these ads, especially political ads are coming in, that group is so niche to begin with, they're already going to believe that fact and go with it. So it's just take, I don't want to say taking advantage of, but it's really harnessing on that group that's so small uh, that could actually make such a big impact. So coming back to the idea of social taking away from traditional's budget a little bit, I see the issues that we're talking about, whether it's ethical mm -hmm. to be able to have so much power, but I think at the same time, platforms are also taking it on responsibility on themselves to make sure that it is ethical. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, in the future, and it's probably because I am in digital, that we will see more budget being shifted towards digital and even social media because of the interest targeting that we, we were just talking about. I think with traditional, it's getting a lot harder to target people based off of a specific TV channel. It's like when you're on a social platform, it doesn't matter like what they're watching. It's like mm -hmm. right there at the right time. Right. And same with radio or print, you know, like you have to pick the right radio station, the right mm. uh, magazine, whatever it is, right newspaper. With social, you're just picking that right person at the right time. And I think that's going to be so much more valuable in the next few years than mm -hmm. uh, to marketers in general. And they'll just end up moving more of their budget towards digital. Hopefully, that's what I see. Yeah, I mean, I think that big brands are always going to leverage the power of, you know, a, a big TV buy um, and, and other traditional mediums right. as well. But uh, linear TV is still currently the top in terms of consumption when we're looking at like video advertising um, and, and video consumption uh, specifically. But we are seeing a really notable shift away from linear TV into digital. And the increase or the rate at which that's increasing is pretty fast. So, you know, I, I don't think that people are going to abandon linear and traditional right. advertising altogether, but I do think there's going to be a little bit of an evening of the, the ad budgets as well. And, you know, maybe it will surpass um, traditional as well, but, you know, budgets go where eyeballs are. And right now, eyeballs are increasingly on digital channels and social media specifically, especially with younger mm -hmm. um, audiences as well. So in order to reach them, you really need to take advantage of that and, you know, create a strategy that incorporates all of the channels that these people are engaging with. I believe there's going to be a lot more of a shift to digital because a lot of people right now still don't want to invest in it because mm -hmm. uh, they don't understand it and they don't get it and how it can help their business. They don't even want to spend like $1,000 because it's social media. We're just going to put it out there. It's organic. And we're like, no, you got to pay to play. Like you have to. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I have actually seen a bit of a shift in mindset. So I've been in marketing for about 10 years and... I remember when I first started out working in social, really battling with people. Um, they just did not see value in social mm -hmm. at all. It was just a place you go to post pictures and make you know comments with your friends. Mm -hmm. 
but I have been surprised by seeing some of those people, the higher level like C-suite marketers really start changing their mindset. And I believe part of that boils down to our ability to provide the analytics of what's working and show the value in that. So mm-hmm. kind of excited to see that continue to shift and yeah. see where it takes us. Yeah. My, I mean, my mom is more active on Facebook than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's great. When, a lot I, of us. <laughs> when I hear my mom say something about, oh, I just bought these new shoes off of Instagram or something. I'm like, yes, that's, that's working. Like yeah. <laughs> we're, we're making a difference for our clients. So that's a great way to just tie back in and see mm-hmm. all different ages. Yeah. My mom called me one time. She goes, hey, I got one of your client's ads. Am I allowed to click this one? Because you told me not to click the one that's on Google. I'm like, yeah, we already paid for the impression. If you click it, it's no big deal. And she's like, all right, cool. So she literally called me and like was like, can I do that before I do it? I'm like, this is, okay, woman, that's fine. Live your life. Appreciate that's it. That's impressive, though, that she even understands like, the whole idea of clicking. Like, my mom would never. She used to work in the same industry as the client. So I, I said, when you're doing research on X, please do not click the first thing that pops up that says add next to you because you're going to make us pay. Appreciate it. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so obviously people are adopting social media at all ages, but it's especially, as I mentioned before, especially prominent with um, millennials and, and younger generations. So what do you guys think is going to be the impact or what is the impact of that on social media and, um, and marketing on social media? There's a fine line with what we can get for anybody that's under the age of 18. There is a lot of data we do have access to. There's a lot of data we don't have access to. And we can't store as much personal data as we want from those. Uh, And knowing that, I mean, those social media platforms, yes, they're storing X amount, right? But our targeting can't be as on point due to that fact, um, since certain things aren't being stored. But at the same time, Using those demographics of we know people are on TikTok, uh, TikTok, excuse me. I, was, I can't, I can't talk today. Uh, I mean, I used to do TikToks all the time. Those are my favorite mints, so I guess it's on the brain. Um, but TikTok, everybody's there now, and I mean, people are still trying to figure it out. And then um, there was a post that uh, Rashidi put up about you know Mark Zuckerberg pretty much downplaying. Uh, it's mm-hmm. competitive space with Instagram stories. And it's really interesting to see those two together. And I've started to see a shift in the way my Instagram Explore feed works mm-hmm. and the way it looks. And it's starting to look more right. like TikTok mm-hmm. and like trying to see more funny content and memes and other things everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's taking it in a more organic point. But it's just different to see all the other platforms, you know, going against each other and how it's affecting the different age groups and what people are trying to consume on each. We've talked oh, yeah. so much about Facebook this episode because it is the primary social media platform, I feel like, in terms of the amount of people that are on it. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's so important that we touch on other platforms like TikTok. I was about to say TikTok. TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter. Mm-hmm. These are all just as important, and it's something that we have to keep in mind um, because they are actually influencing each other. Like mm-hmm. Malia was just talking about with TikTok, it's influencing, and Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchat also has heavily influenced Instagram with the idea of stories Mm -hmm. and filters. So social media marketing is impacting each other, but I think it's also, you know, impacting marketing as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just knowing that younger audiences, how quick they are to adapt and try something new and Mm -hmm. drop something that's not fitting seamlessly into their lives really challenges all of us as marketers 
to, um, we have to stay on our toes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's part of our job to stay on top of news releases on a daily basis and really think about how does that impact us in our daily jobs, you know, at work? How does it impact each of the clients that we work with? And we all have to be willing to adapt our strategy Mm -hmm. immediately in order to kind of, you know, stay with this audience and make sure that the, you know, campaigns that we're delivering for our clients actually like fit their needs and are delivered to them in a way that like suits their lifestyle. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, I remember the first spot I really saw ads was YouTube because I mean, YouTube was this huge thing. I remember when we were younger, everybody would watch anything and everything um, on there. And when I started getting ads, I was, I was so confused. I'm like, why am I having to sit through something for six seconds before I can watch what I want to watch? I don't, I don't want to do before this. Before my cat video. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I can't watch my cat video. What's up? Um, but Literally, I just remember seeing it there, and it's we kind of forget how big YouTube is in that fact because it's not yeah. just kids watching YouTube. It's not literally adults. It's everybody. I oh, mean, yeah. people go there for tutorials. You can sell products that way. Mm-hmm. I was looking up, like, how to build a fire pit, like, to help my mom with something one time, and literally every single product in the Lowe's video was, like, it was sponsored underneath, but it was, like, find this product, and you could just literally buy the product from the video, mm-hmm. and ta-da, and it was super cool and super integrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that I think is really cool is that there are so many brands now that are putting out social first marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. So, you know, brands that where their entire presence is really focused on social. We're discovering brands and products right there in our Instagram feeds and buying them too, trusting it and buying Mm -hmm. it. So Mm -hmm. I do that I'm not going to say all the time, but... I do it I do it a lot. I do it a yeah, lot. There's yeah. like three or four different things that I can think off the top of my head that I've literally bought because I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And I, I clicked it just to look at it. And once being in it, it was like, I guess the way the UTM parameter loaded, it, it goes, oh, thanks so much for coming from our Facebook page. Like, because like you wanted to check it out, like here's $20 off your first purchase. And it was a $50 item. So I was like, heck yeah, I'm yeah, going to buy this. Awesome. And then once I bought it, I got another ad about, I think it was like 30, almost 60 days later, but I saw it because mm-hmm. uh, it literally, I saw it a bunch on a couple different platforms, but it was, how do you like your product? You know, like mm-hmm. if you really like it, if you want to reorder, here's another $20 gift card because I wow. probably should have been running out by that mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. So they were literally following up on me to, because I didn't enroll in the subscription. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, well, if you want to like buy it again, that's totally cool. Uh, if not, whatever, but here's $20 if you want to. I don't know if it's because we're in social media marketing in general, but when I get targeted really well, I'm like, I want to click on it and I want to buy because you're doing a good job. Yeah, I'm like, great job. I'm so proud. You got me. <laughs> your yeah. ad was beautiful. I will comment on like, like ads and be like, whoever is on your social media right now, I love it. Like it's great. Like super interactive ones. Like I love. I know the social media team at one point actually brought up brands that are doing a good job at social media mm-hmm. marketing. It's one of my favorite things about Nebo and one of my favorite things about this podcast in general is we just have these conversations talking about other brands and other marketers that inspire mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have monthly roundups where we bring to the table, you know, inspiration, other people who are doing it well. And yeah. yeah. I've, um, switching back to what we were just discussing, I like, recently bought a house. And so um, I'm deep in home renovation research, and my number one source for how I'm uncovering tools, tips, Mm -hmm. tricks 
is influencers on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I'm just following a ton of kind of DIY home makeover influencers, Mm -hmm. and that's where I'm learning about all of these products. Um, I recently discovered a product where you don't have to sand down your um, cabinets to repaint them. It's a six-step process, and you apply a deglosser first, and and she has tutorials where she shows how to use it. And when I did like more traditional Google searches to find out about this product, there's very little out there about it. And so really, this company is sending product to these um, home renovation, DIY, makeover people. And that's how they're getting the word out there and it's working. Like I'm buying that product and I'm going to use it in my kitchen. The only reason I know about it is because um, they sent it to an influencer Mm -hmm. and then they used it in their renovation and shared it. Yeah, that's a really good point about the research aspect of it too. I mean, you have a whole community of people out there. So not even just turning to influencers to see, you know, what they're doing and gain inspiration from them, but also like, how many times a day do you go to your social media channels and see somebody put a post out there that's like, hey, I'm going to Paris next week. Any recommendations? Or yeah. buying a new mattress. What do you guys think is the best one? You know, we're, we're actively asking our community of people to give us their recommendations on things. And that's where then, you know, we can also uh, advocate for the brands that we support specifically. So having that relationship there, it's, you know, even though a brand isn't involved in that conversation, it's a place where, you know, their their name is being brought up and, you know, you can have that connection. Awesome. Well, to wrap it up, I want to talk about the future. So looking forward, what are your predictions for how social media is going to intertwine with traditional advertising and and other advertising channels in general, digitally as well? I think it will continue to play off of each other a bit. I I don't see anything huge changing right away, but I do think that we'll still see some of these two-screen experiences. I think for brands to really succeed in the future, you're going to have to continue your brand story on both traditional Mm -hmm. and social channels, all digital channels. So you have to really be aligned cross-channelly with your marketing team for sure for it to really succeed. Because if you're seeing one thing on your Facebook and then you'll see a completely different type of story on traditional channels, that kind of could provide some confusion and you need to have that consistency for Mm -hmm. it to really make an impact. 100%. Yeah, and piggybacking on what you just said, it really requires more traditional marketers to be more open-minded and accept the fact that things can't always be done the way they used to be done. And they have to work together as a team and say you're in charge of the out-of-home um, billboards on interstates. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that tie into all of the other channels that um, the company you're advertising for is um, running? Mm-hmm. And really just being able to adapt or you're not going to have a job in a few years because somebody else is going to come in and they're going to be able to adapt quickly and kind of bring that full um, integrated strategy to the table. Another thing that Kelly mentioned is social being the destination. So I think we'll continue to see this and perhaps see it even more where traditional channels are like, go to our Facebook page or go to our Instagram for more information. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that it'll be highly playing off each other, like what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a huge a huge thing, um, one, a couple different things. Facebook might be splitting from Instagram and WhatsApp, depending upon all the different accusations coming at them right now. So I feel like that could change some of the data availability and then also increase the costs that we have on those platforms. 
Um, so that's like one piece as people start to come there more, it's mm-hmm. going to be more expensive. Um, ironically, the recent advertising costs have dropped um, in the past couple of months due to the fact of like all these different data privacy issues. Mm-hmm. They're, all the social sites are pretty much making sure it's a little bit cheaper right now. So that's one piece. And the second piece of us talking about, uh, you know, going there to explore your product and see what's going on, just kind of how Amanda's talking about uh, when she just bought a home. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are going to do that more and more and more, and it's going to come to the point that it's all going to be AR and VR too, especially with the new uh, apps piece that Facebook is releasing and being able to do AR and VR ads. Um, so there was a one and ad that came out recently can't remember what company it was, but you could literally try the color lipstick on. So you didn't have to go to the store. And that's the most annoying thing in the world is you you can't picture what it's going to look like on you. Um, As a female, I'm like, oh, you know, well, we got to figure this out. My brother, he's (laughs) like, I don't know what it's going to look on on my lips either. Like, he's better at makeup than I am. But he thought it was a super cool ad, and he got it and texted me about it. Um, And so you're going to be moving toward AR and VR in that fact. And it's Mm -hmm. just getting really pushed by, like, Gen Z for sure. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see that uh, expand. Awesome. I think um, another thing, in addition to being aligned cross-channel and, you know, understanding these new ad formats and doing all this, it's imperative to create content and messaging and ads that work with the channels that we're executing them across. So, you know, thinking through what that looks like and how people are consuming content and interacting with different channels and then, you know, adapting accordingly. Cool. Well, thank you all for joining us. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Of course. Um, I know that we touched a little bit on measurement and some of the challenges there. So our next episode is actually going to be focusing on that. We'll be addressing the challenges of measurement in this uh, converging advertising world. Um, If you have any questions or comments, thoughts, feedback, uh, recommendations for future episode content, please email us at paidmediacoffee at neboagency.com. And also please like, subscribe, review, rate the podcast. And thanks so much. 